100 times now, over the past 20 weeks, we've sat down together to come to know and love Jesus as we encounter him through the gospel according to Mark. And as we reach the end of the story in Mark chapter 16, we see that it's really not an ending at all. In Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 14, we read, Afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at table, and he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe, in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. Where Mark's gospel ends, while it might seem like ancient history to us, appreciate that it's not. These were current events in Mark's day. If he wrote, as historians believe, sometime around the 80s, 50s, or 60s at the latest, then these things that he's describing where the apostles, the followers of Jesus, were going out proclaiming this good news about Jesus, telling some of these very same stories, conveying some of these same teachings that we have just spent the last 20 weeks looking at. If they were confirming the authenticity of their message by working these miracles that are described here, then recognize that Mark was describing what everyday life was like. And as he was inspired by God's Holy Spirit to write these things down, it was so that we, even long after the apostles left the scene, even long after them with their great miracle-working abilities had passed away, that we could still know their eyewitness testimony about Jesus, that we can still be given evidence of who he is and what he's accomplished so that we could still have the opportunity to know and love Jesus. And in that way, Mark's gospel account ends not just as a matter of history, not just simply communicating some facts about Jesus and his earliest followers that we should commit to memory to, to be good people and say that we did, but then let that be that. No, what Jesus's final commands given here to his apostles are, and where Jesus ultimately goes, says a great deal not just about what happened, but about what's happening, about what God wants done today as well. Because when Jesus confronted his apostles about their hardness of heart and how slow they were to believe 
all that he had shown them and all that he had taught them. He ultimately then turned that into giving them the command to go. Once they knew that Jesus had risen from the dead, that he really is the Son of God, that he has ushered in that kingdom, that reign of God that all of the scriptures had been looking ahead to, once they knew that everything really had changed because that tomb was empty, the next step for them to take was to go. To go and proclaim that good news about Jesus to all of the creation. You see, Jesus doesn't care who you are. He doesn't care what family you came from, what color skin you're wrapped in, what language you speak, what part of the globe you live on. What he accomplished is for all of us. And for any of us who will believe that Jesus is the Christ God's Son, for any of us who will be united with him in baptism, we have the opportunity to be saved to be saved from this world's corruption and ruin that breaks relationships and inflicts pain and ultimately leads to our separation and death, not only in this life, but forever keeping us apart from God. We can believe that Jesus is God's son, that his death is meant to cover our sins, that his resurrection gives us hope to become the people God always wanted us to be. And when we believe in that and are baptized, when we are buried fully immersed in water, not because there's anything magic about the water or the ritual, but because our loyalty is to Jesus, because we want to keep what he's commanded in faith, because we want to be joined with him, then in a way that eyes can't see your hands can't touch, God washes away our sins. He indwells us with his Holy Spirit, and our lives begin to change because of who Jesus is and where Jesus is, because Jesus is alive. Unlike any other major religious or philosophical or historical figure, Jesus died and he rose, and now he lives forever. He is reigning over God's kingdom at his right hand. He is the true Lord and King. So when Mark concludes this gospel account with these verses, what we are given is an invitation not to view the story as being over, but to start to play our part in it. Because unlike any other biography that you might read about any other real historical figure, eventually that person's going to die. And we might go on to talk about the impact that they had in the world, the influence that's still being felt, or what some of their contemporaries went on to do. But they're still dead at the end. But not Jesus. When the story of Jesus concludes, he's still alive. He's still reigning. There is still work that he wants to be done. So, if over this exploration of Mark's gospel, you have come to know Jesus better, if through this exploration of Mark's gospel, you've come to love Jesus more, then recognize what happens next. It's time for you to go. It's not just about you knowing these things about Jesus. It's about us going out and sharing them, making sure 
everyone knows that Jesus is the true king, that everyone knows that no matter who they are or what they've done, their lives can completely change because of God's Son, Jesus. And this beginning of the good news of what he's accomplished.